I pressed a button, yeah, I'm on now. Yeah. Excellent, brilliant. Um, so this isn't part of a series, this is a, a one-off. This is, a, this is the weird, ooh, that sound really odd. Now, yeah. is that working now? No, you just turned me off. That was evil. That was cruel. One, two, three, four. All right. Okay, here we go. So this is a, this is the weird sermon in the middle of it all. It's really good to be back, by the way, because I felt I was really properly poor the last week. I had a stomach thing going off. That was the first Sunday I've ever missed from church by being ill in like forever. I can't remember. So it's good to be back. It's interesting that I heard. You know what everybody tells a church pastor when they're not there? How many people were at church when they weren't there? Oh, you couldn't move. There were 140 people and then the kids as well. So there were like 500 of us and things. And then this week I come and all those people aren't here. Word got out that I'm better and so I was going to be with you. Um, church is a weird thing for that. So this, this sermon this morning is about the change of seasons. And eternity comes in seasons. And it's because it's really it's a clause of our summer season. Hang on to your hats for this one. It's the closing of our summer season in my mind and heart because next week we don't do church here. We've got one event where thousands of us from across the country, indeed from other nations, will be gathering in Lincolnshire, the showground, for the most amazing time. Um, for a week we'll be down there, just about a week. And uh, so we don't have any services on this Sunday. So it's a kind of pivotal point. It's the one Sunday of the year we have no services and then we return the following week and it's September it's autumn Christmas is coming and it's like oh my days it's like the autumn campaign season and the planning we've got to do between now and then and we've got Alpha course to cram in there. I'm just in the middle of putting together our brand new new people's course. So if, you're new to, if you're a long-standing Christian but you're new to church, we've got some amazing stuff on values and vision and what we are. We're going to be in, it's going to last for about four weeks, that, not four solid weeks, on four occasions over four weeks. And we're going to invite you to that so you can get flavor of what we are uh, and really feel, you know, this is where God is calling you to be, where you can invest who you are in God. So we've got all this stuff coming up and all sorts of possibilities and people in this congregation, there are things and conversations going off and and doors potentially opening and questions being asked. It's a really interesting time. It's a real season changing time. And this is this is a a big time for me. It's 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 also the start of football season again. I just want to ask a question. I mean, I'm not a big football fan, but I just want to ask the question. Did the football season ever actually finish this year? Because it just feels like it's been one perpetual year of football. Was there a break there, somewhere in the middle? A month? Two months? Apart from all the, apart from all the friendly matches and the European matches, there was a... Man alive! I don't know if you're a football fan or not, but, but like, their seasons are weird. I want to talk about seasons at Hope House Church today, and seasons in our lives, because I believe eternity comes in seasons. It isn't just one long thing. There are periods, there are tapestries, there are changes that take place, and there are things that happen within us. And so let me, let me just read to you this, this scripture from um, Ecclesiastes. It's up there if you want it. Everything there is a season. This is scripture. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up. Time to weep and a time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance. He has made everything beautiful in each time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. See, there are seasons. We can't see the whole picture, but we've got to know that we're part of eternity. We can't see it all, but we can we can know that our lives here, this moment, isn't part of this eternity that God has placed within our hearts. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested with that concept. I'm interested that God places eternity in us. A cert, I, I certainly believe um, that the nature of seasons is within us. People swap and shift. You see, sometimes the eternal thing of God we make very human. And changes, we change and we shift in how we think, our passions and hopes, our fears, our circumstances, our situations, our beliefs and our doubts. And I know that seasons are placed within me. 
I don't let my mind and interests and passions shift from one thing to another. Who here has got a burning passion and hobby? Wow, not many. Who here has got no life? I, <laughs> I have burning passions and hobbies. And then I notice something else. And I have a brand new burning passion and hobby. And then my eye catches something. And I have a brand new burning passion and hobby. It can usually be denoted by the magazines that I buy that are about getting to know that passion. Does anybody else do that? Is it just me? Because, like, I've, I've gone through phases of interest. Um, and so I've been into motorcycling. That's been a burning passion and hobby. And then I got into four-wheel drives because I had a Land Rover for a while. So that was a burning passion hobby. And then I got into running, which is something I still do. So that's a passion and a hobby. And then I've got another motorbike now, which is a brand new passion and hobby. Um, and oh, I've got Julie, because that, that obviously you're always passionate and you're more than a hobby. Um, <laughs> so, hey, come on, it's been 35 years, 35 years. I mean, that, that's commitment, that isn't it? 35 years, you know. So we have these passions and hobbies and we watch box sets and we watch TV. So we go through these seasons of things that interest us and things that we don't like, things that we do like, and we commit to these things and we burn out on them and move to... There is something within us that wants to do things for a period. There is something seasonal within us. Certainly I find that within me. I know my mind shifts from interests and passions all the time. Every time one of these seasons approaches, we find ourselves in a moment of choice. On a practical level, there are only so many things you can do in a week. So if I've got a new interest or passion, something else has to be set down. Something else has to, be, has to go. Um, we recently bought a new caravan. I've got to tell you, that will never be a passion or a hobby. <laughs> it is practically useful, especially at one event, but it will never be a passion or a hobby. I drive mile after mile down the motorway and I want to be like that. I am so embarrassed even towing the thing. It's practical. But there are some things in my life that become our passions and something else has to go to make room for it. We continue and we stop things. We change direction. We even go back. We opt in or we opt out. There are life scenes of choosing moments. And it's exactly like that with our Christian life, with our spiritual life, with our walk before God. There are seasons, and every one of those seasons, every one of those new opportunities is an opportunity to step into or to step out of, to put something down or to pick something up, to be a part of or to be apart from. Seasons are massive in the church. Let me just go through the history of the church. History of the church in 30 seconds. Okay. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, the Holy Spirit is poured down, the church here begins. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 3,000 people get saved in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 4, verse 4, 5,000 people get saved. Acts chapter 7, verse 59, persecution begins. Stephen becomes the first martyr. Christians leave Jerusalem because of persecution. AD 50 to 330, Christianity spreads to Asia Minor because of persecution, even reaches as far as India and possibly China. AD 330, Roman Emperor Constantine, boo, institutionalizes Christianity. Persecution starts. Christianity fades for the next 1,200 years. AD 330 to 1500 are called the Dark Ages for the church. AD 1500, the Reformation begins. Martin Luther breaks away. Yay! And formed the Protestant church. He was persecuted. AD 1500 to 2000 are called the Restoration Years. Church is on a journey of restoration back to become the God-commissioned community that was intended to be. Once again, we're prepared for your, we are preparing for your kingdom come. The 2000 years of the church. Is that all right? So that's the big picture of the seasons of the church. And you're a part of it. That is your heritage. That is who you are as Christians. But the seasons and choices are immediate in our personal lives. Our opportunities to embrace the new and the next season in Christ is very real. So we're not just part of the big picture. In Christ there is an immediate experience I think that's remarkable. I love being part of the story of church. I love being part of the big capital C church in this town. I love being part of the church in this country, in this nation, in Europe. Um, I love being part of the church, God's people in this world. But that isn't just in this moment in time. We are part of something. And those who have gone before, Scripture even says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. We're part of that. But there are life seasons. 
I've discovered as I get older, there are seasons in a man's life. There was a season with long hair. And now there isn't. I find myself walking down the aisle at the supermarket and my eye falls on the Wellman tablets and the vitamins for all the men. <laughs> I don't know why they suddenly, I've not bought any yet, but I see them and I think, I'll be buying them one day. I probably should have started buying them five years ago. There are definitely seasons in our lives, physical seasons, but I believe there are spiritual seasons too. In Ecclesiastes 3.1 it says, in, in everything there is a time. There is a time. So I want to talk about seasons this morning and explore where we are with seasons because we've got to understand sometimes because there is eternity set in our hearts and eternity is made of seasons. Sometimes we have to walk through seasons. So the first point I want to make to us this morning is eternity comes in seasons. You cannot pray away a season. Even Christians go through difficulties. Sometimes we pray intensely that our difficulties will go away, but God does not remove them. Some difficulties cannot be prayed away. You can't pray away autumn when the leaves fall. That's the season. But without that autumn, you can't see spring and your life flourish. There are times when we have to walk in an autumn period and even a winter period, because even in autumn and winter, there's preparation taking place. And without autumn and winter, you can't have healthy spring. You can't have the flourishing of new life. Church, there are times we have to walk through these things. And we are, but, you know, we, we are jars of clay, Scripture says. I'm going to read that in a minute, but we are jars of clay. You, you know, we instinctively want to push the dangerous stuff away. We want to push the, the hard stuff away. We want to push the tough choices away because we want an easy life. Nobody wants to push something uphill. I don't want to be that guy pushing that great rock up that hill, especially when it's so steep. And it's about to go vertical. I, I don't want to be that person. This is what it says in Corinthians chapter 2. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. I love that. We're, we're perplexed. We're, as Christians, we're allowed to say, I have no idea what's going on here. I have no idea where this fits into the Christian life. I am perplexed. But we are not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down even, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. You know, we walk simultaneously with the kind of autumn, winter of life, with the spring and summer. Spiritually, we carry those things within us. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So there's this kind of pull, there's a, there's a tension within us. Oh, thank you for putting those scriptures up, I forgot to press the button. There's a tension within us, but here's the amazing thing. We have a choice. We have a choice as Christians where are we going to commit? Are we going to concentrate and commit to the negative, to the death within us, to the weakness? Or are we going to commit to the life within us? And so I love it when we can say, the angel comes and doesn't say, oh, it's tough, isn't it? But actually says, mighty man of valor, valor. mighty man. That's special, isn't it? That God looks at us and of course he feels it for us. He feels the pain he's lived it. He knows it. But he looks at us and he sees his children. He sees who we are. At any one moment, the autumn and spring are active seasons in us. Death and life. The choice to embrace Christ's life or to embrace the loss of hope. And I think it's that stark. At any one moment, we can embrace Christ and hope. Or we can embrace the loss and lose hope. That's the nature of of our lives. That is the moment we're always in. And it's amazing to me that I've been a Christian now for quite a long time, decades even. And yet, constantly throughout those decades, and I get no better at this, it's every time I have to make this decision, it's still the challenge. Every single time there is this challenge to choose Christ or to abandon hope. It is it's always the choice. And of course, when I want to abandon hope, here's the thing that I always want to do it's their fault. It's somebody else's fault. Actually, 
seasons and eternity are within me. I walk with God. And actually, I choose to hold the hope of Christ's life or to embrace loss. If eternity is placed in our hearts, the moment we choose the immediate, easy path of the Christ life, we abandon the kingdom come. The kingdom of God here, as it is in heaven, gets abandoned the minute we abandon the Christ life. And here's the thing I know, I, I know that I need to see more than anything else in my life, in our lives, in the life of this town. We need to see your kingdom come. We need to see your kingdom come, Lord, in this town. This morning, I, I've got to tell you, the weirdest thing, when you roll up at church... You open the fire door. What's the first thing? Now imagine this on this premises. We're singing and praising God this morning. And yet this morning, before we started, I had to go and pick up the needles off the fire exit. That was free of needles a couple of days ago because I picked them up then as well. And yet, on this location, around this building, there are people who have abandoned hope for people perhaps have never known hope. And we get to worship God, and it's right that we do, and it's right that we're filled with joy, and it's right that we celebrate, and it's right that we proclaim the goodness of God, but even that has got to be done against the knowledge that Jesus, your kingdom come in this town as it is in heaven. Because the Lord wants nobody sat in our fire escape using needles. I have no idea. I am perplexed. I have no idea what to do with that. But I know that God does. Lord, give us wisdom. When we're in a difficult season in life, we should pray that God will give us the grace to go through the difficulties. How many of you... Lord, fix this for me. Lord, fix that for me. Lord, put that right. Lord, and, and we love to quote scripture. Lord, make the bendy roads straight and all that kind of thing. Lord, level the valleys. Lord, bring the mountains down. and bring the, Let's still have a flat surface, Lord. We kind of pray those, but you know, sometimes God wants us to walk through things. Even Jesus, the night before he dies, said, if there's any other way, Lord, if there's any other way, take this from me. Take this cross from me. But even then he knew absolutely, this is the way. And he was obedient to God. He chose hope. He chose your kingdom come. God allows difficult seasons in our life to deal with our pride and to enforce our confidence on him. He always... This is, a, this is a really interesting thing to me. When people go through tough stuff and come out the other side of it, they do one or two things. They either say, wow, our God is amazing. Or the, do they, where was God when I was getting through all of that? When we get through stuff, we've got to be able to say, as we were singing this morning, he's faithful. Because our moment problem, we think he's everything. And it's not. It's like... It's less than, a, I mean, how, in, in the size of eternity, how short is my life on earth against the enormity of eternity? And I'm at such a big issue about, oh, I've got to go to the dentist. Oh, get over it. I just want to promise you, in your kingdom come, when there's a new heaven and a new earth, there will be no root canal work. Amen. <laughs> Whatever else it is you're facing, it's momentary against our eternity. And our hope and our truth and our joy is found in that truth. But you can't run ahead of God's seasons either. You cannot run ahead of God's seasons. Sometimes God gives us a promise. Anybody had a promise from God? I feel God has promised something over their life. And you want it now. But God said. I know some people that spend their entire lives saying, but God said. Why is this not happening now? Let's make it happen now. And so they start trying to make it happen. Oh, and it, I, I totally get that completely. Um, God, there's a promise over your life in God. You believe God has spoken into you or over you. Then a long time passes and the promise is not fulfilled. In fact, not only is it not fulfilled, it looks further away than it could ever be. And it looks like an impossibility at this point. How could it ever become true? And yet... In our impatience, we rush ahead and try to help God with his promises. Don't worry, God, I'll fix this one. The promise you made, I'll take care of. You've seen it happen. You've probably done it. 
When we do this, we produce knockoff fakes. We produce forgeries of God's promises. They may look similar, but they're not the same. We produce forgeries. I love this show, Fake or Fortune. Does anybody watch Fake or Fortune? Fake or Fortune's great. These two people, like, they, they get paintings and there's a bit of a squabble. Is this a, is this a real work of art? Is this a treasure? Or is it a fake? And they do all sorts of research and they x-ray and they scan and they laser and they take paint samples and they look at the way the man put the brush strokes on because he did it like that. It's all so subjective, it's unbelievable. And, but they decide through massive, intense research if this painting that somebody's found in their attic or this series somebody bought for a quid at a jumble sale is, a, is an authentic masterpiece or is it just a fake? Sometimes, in fact, more often than not, they're fakes. And somebody's deliberately produced a fake piece of art. They've reproduced a missing piece of art. And it was wonderful. Um, the one we watched the other day, this, this fake had been faked at the same time as the original had been painted. So this painting is like 250 years old or something, and it's been faked at the same time as the famous original had been painted, and they've both gone missing. So, and then it turned out there were like 40. There were like so many of these, but like, well, which one's the real one? Because they're all authentically old. I love that show. I love seeing people's faces when they discover it's a fake. When they've spent everything and invested everything in that picture. And they're entire, oh, well, if I can sell this, they do that thing. Well, I'd never sell it, it's an heirloom. And then the minute they get the valuation, where's the auctioneers? <laughs> Just Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. In his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You know, sometimes we stumble on what God has got for us. We see it. It's spoken over us. And nothing else matters at the side of God's word in our lives. Nothing else matters but Jesus Christ in our lives. It's astonishing that for all the things we've got, there is nothing like the Lord in our lives. There is nothing like knowing Christ. This parable tells us that nothing in the whole world has the same value as the kingdom of heaven found in him. So we sell everything and choose a new season. Choose that kingdom over every other possession. And for people here in this room, I'm conscious that you're making life choices and changes. You're setting some stuff down. Some people have stepped away from existing situations. And they're in that, that, that weird no man's land at the moment of knowing it was right to step away from one, but what do we step into? You know, sometimes people, the Lord takes us into that, that wilderness place, that place where we're utterly dependent upon him, where we have to, in faith, say, I know it's right to leave that or to change that. I'm going to step out and believe that God has this in place for me, that there will be somewhere for me to place my foot. In faith, it will take me to a new promised land. And we can lay down sometimes good things, sometimes we lay down bad things, but there's always that sense of choice in God. Is he valuable enough for me to set aside what was to take hold of what will be in him? We deny ourselves some pleasures for the greatest of treasures. You know, sometimes we create a situation and I want to hold it exactly like it is. And I think the big wrestle that I have is, my personal wrestle is, I like safe but I dream about dangerous. I dream vision. I dream what could be. But everything in me likes my safe zone. And so constantly life is a choice to not be safe. And to do... So people think, oh, wow, you really work in faith. Or you've really got vision. You've really got belief in this. And I just think, actually, I'm just like trying not to fall off a fence most of the time. But I know this is God's call. And you know, somehow... No matter how comfortable safe is, it kind of gets dry quickly. And it's not like the vision place. It's not like the kingdom place. And sometimes we have to be prepared to say, I'm going to invest my all into that thing that I can barely see, that I can barely understand, that perplexes me still, because I know God is in that somewhere. I know the Lord is calling me forward. And in faith, I'm going to step into a new promised land. And that might well mean for a period walking across a barren place. 
It may well mean crossing a desert. It may well mean a wilderness period. And in that wilderness period, we can try to make the promises come true. Or we can just walk faithfully. Church, let's be people that walk faithfully, knowing that the promised land is there, that our lives are part of eternity, that there are seasons. We are so captivated by the allure of the temporary life. Who isn't? You all know that the allure... What, does anybody know what the big call is on my life? The thing I really want to do on Sunday mornings. Does anybody know? Reenactment. Reenactment. I, I, why am I not a Roman soldier on a Sunday morning? Why have I not got a suit of armor? Why is my eBay account full of watch lists of suits of armor? It is. I promise you it's really sad. <laughs> I found some really nice chainmail the other day. It's really nice. And it's not just buttered chainmail, it's proper riveted chainmail. And it's only 230 quid, Joel. I mean, I'm just thinking, knocking around the house, Joel, wearing that. I mean, I mean, come on. Who couldn't fall for a night in shining? It's not 250 quid, it's 230, so I can have it. Julie said not for 250, it's 230 this afternoon. You know that if I were a reenactor on a Sunday morning, I'd have a great time. There'd be great camaraderie. We'd stand shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield. Of course, we'd all be 12th Roman army because it's all those middle-aged men with pot bellies that join reenactment societies. And it would last a moment and be gone. Instead, we're part of eternity. Instead, we invest in the eternal. Of course, these things have an appeal. Of course, they're wonderful. Of course, they could be great fun. Of course, they have an allure. But here's the thing. They fade. And our heart of eternity fades when we invest in anything other but the kingdom of God. We drift away from kingdom come. And we must never do that. We may even fill our lives at the expense of losing that spring season. You know, so often we invest in the immediate moment, spring never actually arrives for us. And Genesis 37, verse 5 and 7, it says, Joseph had a dream. So, you know, Joseph, in his technicolor annoyance, because um, he's a really annoying character, Joe. Forgive me and all that. But just because God chose him doesn't mean he's not awkward. He's a right piece of work. And this is what Scripture says. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. He's talking to his brothers, and he's one of the younger ones. He goes down well, this. Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up, stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. And he's forever telling about these dreams, about how they're going to bow down to him because he's so much better than they are. He's, he's trying to make God's promises come true now. God's spoken a word and he's trying to impose it on him now. Joseph had a dream that his entire family was going to bow down to him. It took him so many years for his dream to be fulfilled. Before God fulfilled it, he was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused. He was imprisoned and finally got his character right. Finally walked well before God and he understood it. Finally he was humble, even in his authority. And his family ultimately bowed down to him, but then he was able to raise them up and be a blessing. So only many years later became Prime Minister of Egypt. You know, church, we've got to walk humbly. We've got to walk humbly and know that in his time, God will release his promises into us and over us. 2 Corinthians, it says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Wow, we've got an opportunity there. You know, you can look at the troubles of this world, at all the political stuff going off in this world, and of course it matters to us, of course it's important. Please pray for our nation, pray for Europe, pray for our government, pray that there's some wisdom and some humility in all of this situation. And we can pray for all of that stuff, but don't be frightened of it, because we have an eternal king. And God has not done yet. God has not done yet. The life stuff may be momentary troubles. Maybe the season changing and spring approaching. Don't make permanent decisions based on your temporary circumstances. Don't make important decisions when you're discouraged. Our choices must always be made and eternal, not the moment. We're always about fortune, not fake. Always about treasure, not distraction. That's who we are. So... 
we wait for God's season. We wait for God's season. In uh, Habakkuk 2 or 3, it says, This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. I, I, yeah, I absolutely believe there are people in this room that are waiting on the promises of God, that have seen things happen, they've heard things happen, they've been a part of something and believe that God has called them to something specific. That they know, they can't even perhaps name it, but they know there is a more. They know there is something else. They know that God is not done yet. And yet right now, well, what? What's happening? What, why am I suddenly out of ministry, out of situation, in wilderness, not quite sure where I stand, not knowing? But what? But the promises of God are coming. And even when we ache for it, it's coming. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has put eternity in their hearts. See, God's timing is beautiful. Our timing can be interesting, but God's timing is beautiful. So do not allow past circumstances or even current situations to destroy your future opportunity in him. We were made to last forever. God wants us to be with him in eternity, beginning today. One day, my heart is going to stop, and that will be the end of my body. It will actually happen. It's a weird thought, that, but it will actually happen. But it's not the end of me. God has placed eternity in us. When we live life with this kind of significance, we'll live at a new passion, a new purpose. Church, there is eternity placed within us. And that can shift how we perceive everything. That shifts how we have a vision for this town, how we have a vision for this community, for how we work, how we reach out, how we carry the good news into our community, how we respond on a Monday morning, how we live our work life. Anybody here got a rubbishy work life situation? I totally get it. Whatever bad work situation you've been in, I guarantee with some of the jobs I've had over the years, one or two of mine have been worse. I'll give you a list. In fact, let's play who's got the worst job situation. I don't mean now. I love what I do now. I mean, historically. <laughs> but what if you're a Joseph that lined up in prison? That loses everything. You've got to hold on to the that God has promised. Because our life is part of eternal. And so how we respond on Monday morning, how we face our work situation, how we face our colleagues, how we face our neighbours, how we face the challenges that it is in our lives, have got to be put against the backdrop of we are an eternal people. We are your kingdom come people. And I just encourage you this morning, whatever situation your life is, whatever things happen, whatever things are going on, your life is the, has got the backdrop of an eternity in Christ. There is so much more still to come. There is time for significance, for there to be a Gideon, mighty man of God moment that we've spoken about. Um, I just want to say, you know, this is the warm-up act, the dress rehearsal for eternity. Uh, you know, some people say, there is no dress rehearsal for life. This is it, you get one chance. I want to tell you, they're wrong. This is the dress rehearsal. In my humble opinion, this is the warm-up act for all eternity. Because of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So I'm learning to work out government and peace now. I'm learning to work out kingdom values and principles now. I'm starting to understand how they can be put into our faith situation right now. Because for eternity, that's going to go on and grow. And so this is the learning ground. God wants us to practice on earth what we'll do forever with him. We were made by God and for God. And our life is about working that out and the choosing of that treasure, that fortune over the fake. Then every season will make sense. Whatever season you're in now, good or bad, difficult or challenging, easy or hard, it all makes sense in the backdrop of this is a rehearsal for the eternity with Christ. Knowing a new season is coming and a new spring is coming, even for Hope House. This last month I've seen the following. People asking why and why. I have so many people asking why this church. Can this church do this? Why is it not doing that? Have we thought about doing this or doing that? Can we do this activity? Can we do that activity? How can we cope if that happens? How can we use this? Should we use those people? People visiting and people staying. Some people visiting and not staying. Some finding faith and some stepping back from their faith. Wow. Some finding eternity in their heart and others allowing it to fade. All of those things, challenges and hardships and blessings and confusion, along with waiting and wondering, have been happening around this church over the last few weeks. Isn't it exciting? Something is breathing. Life is happening. Something good is happening. Seasons 
are taking place in this church, in this congregation. Something in my heart says eternity is taking root. Eternity is taking root within us, and that's not an easy thing. There aren't many of us, but God has a big commission on us. Imagine if you were one of a dozen folk sat upstairs in a room, and Jesus said, that's it, I'm going now, over to you. How intimidating is that? The entire world, and you and a handful of others. There are more of us in a better room with air conditioning. Surrounded by other Christians across our nation and beyond. Something in my heart says eternity is taking root. I believe there's a new day coming for Hope House Church and it's coming quickly. I believe spring is coming quickly. I believe there's a settling and a shifting. There's a reallocating and a moving. There are choices being made by individuals in this room and beyond this room. Some here this morning, some away this morning. But there are choices being made. And there, are, there is an option to say, we're about the eternal. We're about your kingdom come. And that excites me, that season, that spring season could be coming. Of course, it means that some people will be flourishing in life in springtime. Some people will still be walking through their autumn or the winter period. But spring is coming. Every spring is new. and We have never walked that way before. I just want to tell you, whatever Hope House Church does in the next 12 months, we have never been that way before. We'll be making it up. Dead serious. It's the art of leadership. People have all these phrases for the art of leadership. It's influence, it's this, it's that. It's not. It's making it up. The art of leadership is making it up. As you go along. You're just trying to do it faithfully and with wisdom before God. I see the Lord gathering right now. And it's an opportunity to come in to close our... It's an opportunity to see the spring season coming. So here's what the Lord is saying to us in the coming season. Will you choose the eternity in your heart or let it fade because it's just not going to be easy? Ask the band to come back up, please. It's a season of, of some key things. You can tell if there's spring in your heart by the way you ask questions. We've got to be people that say we can, not we can't. Spring people say we can. Henry Ford, the guy that built those cars... So this, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. We've got to be a church that says we can. Growing churches make a way when there is no way. And that seems to me to be a godly principle. When there is no way to make a way, God makes a way. We've got to be an ICANN church, a spring church, a faith church. We've got to be a church that in our springtime says principle matters more than preference principle not preference we're being called to look at the outside more than the comfort of us on the inside to live in the eternal life of reaching out into our community and serving it with love of Christ than it is about making sure that we are physically comfortable in this space of course we want to invest in this and all that God can do with it but most important is not our personal situation, but the commission and call on us. Principle, our strategy, the God call, the principle is more important than our personal preferences. The other spring indicator, it's the now, not eventually. There's a call to be effective, and that means action, not more conversation. I can talk about eternal all day, but it's time to live in that move of God. It's time to make sure that my Monday mornings have eternity written on them. Now, all this sounds very intense, and it has been a bit intense this morning, not like me, is the final part of this eternal heart, the fortune, not the fake. 1 Peter 1.8 says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See, from beginning to end, we become eternal people. We become your kingdom come people. The eternal in your heart shouts joy, so don't let it fade. Don't let that joy, eternal joy, fade. You can see it in your attitude and responses and priorities. James 1 verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance is a time thing, and we're, we're, we've got all the time in eternity. Even Jesus identifies with these seasons. He actually says this, if a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, new life will spring forth. John 12. Sometimes we find ourselves having gone as far as we can go than asking what next. We can't always see spring when the leaves have gone, but it's coming. When I drive in on a Sunday morning in spring, 
over about a three week period we drive through grey trees and they're covered in the salt from the um, grit over winter and everything's grey and dirty and then suddenly there are little hints of green and within about two weeks the whole of that road for about half a mile is just green and alive and then it fills with blossom and it, the journey transforms it's the same road it's the same direction but the journey is transformed by spring God may take us through a tough process of stepping into a new season to a new day of your call You've gone as far as you can, as far as you can go. So now maybe it's time for change. Maybe when you've given all you've got. Maybe when you've gone as far as you can physically go, then you have to say, Lord, over to you. That's our faith moment. It changes your Monday morning. It changes your perspective. It changes your season. It brings the spring. Churches, I'm closing now. I want to tell you that the Lord is wanting to bring us to a spring season. And carry that heart, carry that word. For those that are not with us this morning, encourage them and say, you know, we're eternal people. Encourage them to press through all the tough stuff and know that spring's coming. Encourage them by what they're walking through now and say, you know what? The priority is not the immediate experience, but the eternal within us. Your kingdom come. It changes our perspective, it changes our priorities. It allows us to lay down the things that bind us, the things that hold us back, the things that break us. We can set them down when we have an eternal mindset. When we have a seasoned mind and a seasoned heart, then we can set the tough stuff down and take all of the good stuff of God. So we're going to sing in a moment. And as we sing, as we close this time, I just want to encourage you, whatever the challenges are, whatever the battles, whatever the promises are, whatever the wishful thinking is, the stuff that you were hoping for, the stuff that you believe God has spoken into you for, I want to sing over that stuff this morning and say, the Lord has not finished yet the Lord has not done yet when all the circumstances say the promises can't come true it can't be, it can't happen they've been stolen away, how will it work even when you feel you're walking through a wilderness moment we're going to proclaim over it God's eternity this morning because in God is not done if you are breathing purpose exists he has not finished yet and the promises of God are coming you may wait may be frustrated but the promises of God are coming it may be there's physical or practical need in your life this morning how can I find a way through this how can I resource that how can I finish this how can I fix this how can I put this right well you know what let's present that to God's eternity and know that your kingdom come in our circumstances in my life situation you know when the landlord said that's it I'm taking your rent away you've got to move and you've got nowhere to live, you know what? Believe this. God has a place. God has a place. God has not done yet. So whatever your situation of life is, whatever your walk is, don't let the immediate fade the heart of hope that we find in Christ. We're eternal people. It's been set in our hearts. We just walk through seasons. And some seasons are autumn, some seasons are winter. Let's this morning prophesy spring and summer over our seasons, over our eternal heart. So Father, we pray now that Holy Spirit, you would touch hearts, touch lives. That as we come to bring one last song of worship, it wouldn't just be a song singing exercise. Holy Spirit, we invite you to touch hearts and minds now. We invite you to renew hearts and minds. We invite you to remind people of your promises spoken into their situations. Lord, for those in this room who are walking through a wilderness right now and are not quite sure what the future will look like, not quite sure what the friendships will be, not quite sure what the support mechanism will be, not quite sure what the foundation will be, Lord, we want to pray your eternity into their situation. We want to pray that they would have a glimpse of spring coming. Lord, for people's physical need, illnesses or pressure or just the immediacy of trying to live and get by and get through, I want to pray your eternity, that they would walk in faith knowing that they are not snatched from your hand, that they are seen and they are precious. And even if it's a wilderness time, an autumn time, I want to pray, Lord, that you would teach them, you would strengthen them, you would help them to walk with courage, with faith. Lord, we are eternal people, and we pray, Lord, in our situations right now, our Father, you are in heaven and we pray that your kingdom come on earth in our lives 
our individual lives in this town as it is in heaven. Lord, that we would be an eternal people with eternity in our hearts. Lord, would you bless us this morning so that we can be a blessing Monday morning. Fill us with your joy, Lord, we pray. Even as we sing this song, Holy Spirit, would you change who we are? Amen. So there's no appeal to front this morning. I'm going to encourage you as you're ready to stand, to sing, and for you to say, Lord, place eternity in my heart so we're singing this last song to believe that God has not done yet with you. Amen. Be still and know that the Lord is in control. Be still my soul stand and watch as giants fall I won't be afraid you are here you silence all my fear 